Welcome back to another episode of Emotionally Online with your host, Maddie Drosbeck. I've seen more and more people misspelling my name. So let me just remind all of you that you spell my name M-A-D-D-I-E. There's no Y in there. I understand it's a minor mistake, but my name is everywhere. It's on all of my socials. How do you call me Maddie with a Y? It just pisses me off. <laughs> I know I've talked about it pissing me off that people mispronounce my last name before, but that's like understandable, at least a little bit, right? Because it's like, okay, if you've never heard me say it, then I get why it would be hard to pronounce. But my first name is written on all of my socials. What are you calling me? Maddie with a Y. M-A-D-D-I-E, babe. Um, also, I've seen more people, like, they'll try to call me by my government name. <laughs> They'll try to call me thinking my government name is Madeline, that like my birth name is Madeline or Madeline. People write that all the time. That is not my name. <laughs> I am not Madeline. I am not Madeline. I'm a Madison. Madison, come on. Do I look like a Madeline or a Madeline to you? I feel like I've always thought this, but Madeline's and Madeline's are like, they're, that's a proper ass name. Like that's sophisticated as shit. Madeline's and Madeline's are fancy, right? Like I I feel like the Madeline's and Madeline's of the world have their shit fully together on lock. They've never done a thing wrong in their entire lives. (laughs) Prim and fucking proper. Madison's, however, are not that. (laughs) Madison's are funky and fun and totally not sophisticated to put together but in a funky and fun way (laughs) I don't know if I just see it that way because of that little cartoon girl Madeline who's always dressed like nice and proper in her orange or yellow dress what was she she was in England I think I don't know I don't think I ever watched that TV show or read the book or whatever she's from. I just know her inside my head. She was proper. You know, she, yeah, tea and crumpets and shit. She definitely was like some, she was in England. I just know it. Um, But I think that's probably why I see Madeline's or Madeline's as being very proper, royal, fancy people. That's a compliment though, to be royal and fancy. And I just think like Madison is a little bit more, I don't know. It's just a little different. <laughs> and I'm like, do I look like a Madeline? Do I really look like that to you? Do you think my parents would have named me that? And there was a TikTok trend going around. My brain is just like boomeranging off of different thoughts right now. There's that other TikTok trend where people are talking about what their parents almost named them. And I think if I was going to be a boy, I was going to be Dylan. And the... Two other names that I've been told were possibilities for me, if it wasn't going to be Madison, was Shayna or Daisy, I believe. My dad wanted Daisy. My mom was like, no shot. She wanted Shayna. Or what's the other one that she likes? Cambria? Something like that? I don't know. Anyways, they ended up naming me Madison. 
And my dad was hesitant to name me Madison because he hates the nickname Maddie. And he was like, oh, if we name her Madison, everyone's going to call her Maddie. And I hate that name. And guess who was the first one to start calling me Maddie? I could have been a Madison. You guys could know me right now as Madison. But my dad started calling me Maddie. So here we are. I like Maddie, though. I mean, I could have decided at some point to start going by Madison again, but I didn't. Because even Madison seems a little bit too proper sometimes. It's cute, though. I like Madison. But I think I'm a Maddie. I think, I mean, I'm already locked in here. It's been 25 years, so. It's like the other thing is that, oh, now we're just thinking about names. Is that when thinking about, like, if I ever get married, I've always said that I never wanted to change my last name. Because if I all of a sudden was, like, what? Maddie Smith. Maddie I'm looking at the last names on my books. Maddie Reed. Like, I'll be like, who the fuck is that? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I just, I can't picture my name not being my name. Like, I'm just, I am Maddie Drosbeck forever and always. If I ever get married, I will not change my last name. I'd be like, who the fuck? Who's this other bitch? I don't know her. I just feel like my name is very, very important to my identity. I can't explain why, but I feel like if I changed my name and I like changed my last name and took my partner's name, I'd be like, why? Who is this? I've never met this woman before. I've lived 25 years as a different woman. All of my, you know, credits and accolades and uh, successes in life have been accredited to Maddie Drospeck, I would like to stick with her, okay? She's gotten me this far. Why the fuck would I take that man's name? I just, I kind of don't like it. The whole, like, thing of taking your partner's last name. Some people like that. I hate it, to be honest. I would, I would never even want anyone to take my last name. Right? Like, if I got married, I, I wouldn't want my partner to change their name either. I'd be like, no, you, we're both different people. <laughs> like, children is different I guess because people want their kids to have the same last name as them anyways that's a little name deep dive for you on this fine Wednesday morning um I am going on a date tonight I'm filming this video on Sunday and I'm going on a date I'm so excited I it's been like a month since I've been on a date and the last date that I went on was just a first date nothing more we didn't need to go on a second date so it's been a while excited excited to meet someone new meet someone cute get a little drink look at someone flirt with them that's always so much fun I'm very excited um and then in two days I'm going to Croatia so actually when you are watching this I am on my way to Croatia so very weird vacation I'm going on a trip to Croatia with like 15 of my family members, four of my best friends and like 40 strangers, 30 strangers. Fucking, I don't know. It's the weirdest trip ever. I think I'm going to vlog it. So I will explain how the trip came to be in that video and how I got invited and how 15 of my family members got invited and how my friends got invited. Like it's just, the trip makes no sense, but it's going to be a lot of fucking fun. I've never gone on a trip with that many people I know in my entire life I've never even traveled with like half of the family members that are going my siblings aren't going it's just me and my parents and my grandmother and then my grandfather on the other side and then my step-grandmother and then my great-aunt and then my cousins and it's like there's so many people that are going on this 
fucking trip. Um, and yeah, the only people I've ever traveled with my whole life are my parents, my siblings, and then my one grandmother who has lived with us for the last few years. And she basically raised me growing up. I'd love to do a podcast with her at some point. Nanny. She's my bestie. Uh, it's my mom's mom. And both my parents worked full time when I was growing up. So my grandmother was the one who was always there when we came home from school. Um, up till, I mean, my siblings are all younger than me. So she was around even when I was in my senior year of high school, I would come home and she was there. And, um, yeah, every day after school, I would sit at the counter with her and like debrief my day. She'd be watching, uh, days of our lives, soap opera and heating up like a mac and cheese lean cuisine. We'd sit there and talk. She was the first person I told about like any crush that I ever had, uh, if I was being bullied at school, all of my body image issues, I came to my grandma and she would uh, comfort me, make me feel good. And I just love her. So anyways, shout out to my grandma, shout out to nanny. Um, so my whole life I've only ever traveled with, you know, my siblings, my parents, and then my grandmother. So my siblings aren't coming on this trip. It's just my parents, my grandmother, and then a bunch of other family members that I've never traveled with. I usually see them all like once a year, like on Thanksgiving, maybe on Christmas. So I'm so excited. I'm like such a family oriented person. I've always said that Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday because that's really the holiday that I see my big extended family. And this is just like scratching the surface of my extended family. Um, but I'm so excited to see everyone. It's going to be so much fun. And then to have my friends there too, Oh, it's such a weird trip. It's going to be so much fun. So with that being said, there will not be an episode next week because I will be in Croatia having a time, but I'll be back the week after. So don't miss me too much. I have YouTube videos queued up for when I'm gone. So there will be posts on my YouTube channel. So don't miss me too much, right? Because I'm still posting for you. Don't worry. There will be content. (laughs) So I thought this week we could do a little bit of a chill advice episode. I know that last week I did a little bit of advice answering with Alex and um, I haven't really touched the advice box since the advice cast I did like six episodes ago. So there's quite a few requests in that box at this point. So I figured I would go through and try to answer a few more today. If you guys don't know, there is a box that you can submit questions, stories, you're in a fight with your friends. You want to know, you know, who's right, who's wrong. You want to know what to do in a situation. You let me know and I will maybe answer it. So it's linked in the description of all of the YouTube videos um, and on the link tree in the Instagram at emotionally online pod. If you'd like to submit your story, submit your question. Um, before I get into the advice requests, though, I just have to talk about two things, two things and two things only. Thing number one is Addison Ray's father has made an OnlyFans. I learned this information against my will. I want no more information about Monty Lopez stored inside my brain, but I can't stop figuring things out about this man. I, Addison Ray, I'm telling you right now, I am a great confidant. <laughs> if you would like to get something off your chest, let me know because I would love to listen to you. I'll be a friend, uh, uh, you know, a person you can rely on, shoulder to rest your head on. I need to know if you are okay and what you would like us to do, the Addison Ray Defense Squad, about your father. 
I'm starting it now. This is an Addison Ray defense podcast from this point forward. If my father was acting like that on the internet, I, I mean, if I was Addison, I'd be going balls to the wall. <laughs> if I was Addison, first of all, there's only two options, right? Like Addison's somehow taking option number three where she's staying completely silent. Or maybe there's four options. No, maybe there's three. Addison's taking option number three where she's staying completely silent. I don't know how she's doing that. The other two options, which these are the two options that I think my brain will be fighting between, is option one would be airing that bitch out. <laughs> I'd be on social media like, bro, fuck my dad. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that man is doing. And like bullying him on social media. That's option number one. Like you're like laughing along with everyone being like, thank you. Uh, yeah, my dad's a fucking loser. Or option number two is... Seeing your parents act like this on social media sends you down such a deep spiral of embarrassment that your entire personality changes. <laughs> and you just, I, I, I don't know what I would do. I just know that we need to support Addison Ray in this time of need. And I actually, like Addison Ray, in my eyes, you can do no wrong right now. You could do the craziest shit on the face of the planet. And I'd be like, well, it's because her parents are acting like this. And would you act any differently if your parents acted like this? Like, I understand that you're trying to, you know, your PR team really has you in line right now. You're not talking about it. You're not commenting on it. You're giving us nothing. And I get it. I get that maybe that is the right choice for you. But for me and for the people, I would like to know. I want to be in that group chat so fucking badly. I have never in my life wanted to be in a group chat as bad as I want to be in Addison Ray's friend group group chat when dissecting what the fuck Monty is doing on social media. Wild. I feel so bad for them. I never want to know another thing about Monty Lopez. I want him to fall off the face of the planet. Okay. Maybe we should all start streaming obsessed to show our support for Addison. <laughs> This is just the vibe that we give off on our Addison Ray Defense Squad podcast club, okay? Addison Ray can do no wrong here because her parents are crazy. So <laughs> that's our Monty Lopez update of the week. Um, and the only other thing on the internet that I have been thinking about obsessively this week is this story of the guy on Reddit who was having sex with his girlfriend to that weird fucking song for two years before she finally was like, this is weird. Why are you doing this? So I guess that he, the story, if you don't know this, which I'm sure you know this, everyone's talking about this right now. And this is one of my favorite things that has come up on the internet recently. I love this discourse that's happening. So he goes on Reddit and he's like, all right, guys, listen up. <laughs> I've been in a relationship with my girl for two years now and when we were first starting to be together I was looking up online about songs to fuck to good songs for my my making love playlist is what he said he I love how he kept calling it making love in his reddit post I like hate that phrasing so much I would like just say fuck I I I get that you're like oh it's intimate we're in a relationship we're making love and I'm like just call it it's fucking okay we can 
lovingly fuck, but at the end of the day, we're still fucking. I, I hate calling it making love, especially when you know the full story of like getting inside this man's psyche and he's like calling it making love while acting the way he's acting. Oh, I love it. I'm just going to play the video because it's just like a voiceover reading this Reddit post so you can fully be in the loop of what's going on if you have no idea. <laughs> Today I messed up. My girlfriend of two years told me the music that I play while making love is weird and a major turn off. A little backstory. When I first started making love, I researched into ways to be better as I was a little stiff and pretty much had no idea what I was doing. I read online that you can play music and match the rhythm in order to put on a better performance. I searched love making songs and started slowly creating a playlist in which I was comfortable matching the rhythm. There are a few songs to my playlist, but it's one song in particular, which actually happens to be my favorite, that my girlfriend hates and say turns her off in a major way. I don't understand why it has taken her two years to tell me she hates that song. It's a good love making song with good rhythm. I feel the way I messed up is I could have possibly asked her previously if she likes the playlist or any songs she'd like to add or change, but to leave it for two years thinking our love making life is great but in her eyes has been ruined by my music has left the whole situation feeling awkward and I'm a bit annoyed. I pretty much played this tune every single time so the amount of time she must have not been enjoying it, when I thought the complete opposite is annoying but also embarrassing in ways, not to mention my previous partners, however they never complained about the song so maybe it's just her. It's messed up the relationship to be honest because making love feels awkward now. The other day we were making love with no music but I was still thrusting to the tune playing in my head. She recognized this and asked me to stop. I thought this song was perfect and I always thrust along with the tune and feel it gives me the perfect rhythm for doing the deed too. I usually bust to this song and find it devastating she hates the song. Here is that song. that's the story right he thinks that this song is the best song to have sex to to make love to as he so eloquently puts it and so there's been debates online on how the fuck he's actually thrusting to this beat and if it's like Literally, he's going like, like, he's like thrusting to that, like in, out, in, out, in, in, out. Wait, no. In, out, in, in. <laughs> Sorry, I fucking, I can't even do it. In, out, in, out, in, out, in, in. <laughs> like if he's doing that or if it's just like more like the beat in the back and he's just like going like clean thrust clean thrust clean thrust and it's not like that he's following so people have been going back and forth different hypotheses on what this lovemaking to this song looks like what is he possibly doing like what what is he thrusting to here are my thoughts whatever the worst option is is the right answer (laughs) People are giving this man the benefit of the fucking doubt by being like, oh, it's probably just like, he's not going, wait, 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 It's more like, how am I going to, it's more like, wait, 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 You know what I mean? Like, it's like, people are giving him the benefit of the doubt and thinking that it's something more normal. The thrusting pattern is something more normal. Having sex to this song is a bold choice regardless. Like, even if the thrusting pattern is normal, choosing this song is wild. However, we know 
that it is not the more normal option. Whatever the worst option is has to be what is actually going on here because he says in his post that they had sex without music and he was hearing the beat inside his head and thrusting to that beat and she recognized it and told him to stop. So it can't be a regular ass beat. He has to be going like, wait, 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 wait. And like, like to that, like where he just like speeds up and then he like slows down and goes slow on that. Goes, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> go slow again. <laughs> he has to be doing that. It doesn't make any sense. She wouldn't notice it otherwise. If he was just going like clean, like, you know, rhythmic one, two, in, out, da, 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 she would never fucking know. She wants to have sex to a normal ass beat. The fact that she recognized it, that tells me that he's going like he's going like full. I don't even understand what's happening. <laughs> I just want to know what his other girlfriends thought about this. The ones that had to live through this and didn't say anything. Like, what was going on in their heads? Do you think they were just like, maybe this is what everyone does? Like, maybe he was their first time and so they had nothing to base it off of and they were like, okay, he's funky. <laughs> choreographing the way he fucks me or do you think they were like this is probably weird or maybe they were like fully aware of it being weird but they maybe it turned them on that he was a weirdo he was creative you know (laughs) some some justification for it because i just feel like i would bust out laughing if that song came on while i was fucking someone i would bust out laughing i wouldn't even be able to contain myself i'd be like there's no shot. How were they keeping a straight face? Imagine moaning while that song is playing in the background. I'd feel like I was on fucking shrooms. <laughs> I'd be like, oh my God, I just got teleported to the 11th dimension. <laughs> the fuck? So Godspeed. I hope he's doing well. I hope his sex life is good. I want to know what the rest of this playlist looks like, to be honest. If this song was on it, I want to know what other songs made the cut. Because maybe there's a song that's even better. She was the most pissed off by this song. This was his favorite. But what are the others? Because maybe there's one that's worse. This is just the one that pissed her off the most. Could there be worse songs on this playlist? I need this Reddit user to post the full thing so that we can take a look, that we can take a deep dive, and I can rank the entire playlist. (laughs) Top to bottom. See which one is actually the worst. Ranking the worst songs to have sex to. I just came up with a video idea. Nobody take it. (laughs) So anyways, that's what's been happening on the internet this week. (laughs) With that said, let's get into some advice requests, shall we? (laughs) All right. First person here says, hey, Maddie, I'm 19 and very new to dating or even being friends with guys. And I have a dilemma with this boy. We hung out about three times and I wasn't feeling a connection with him, neither romantically or platonically. So I began to distance myself. I'm looking for a romantic partner, not a new guy friend. So when I asked him how he felt about me, he was sending me mixed signals and he dodged the question and just confused me more. He clearly wasn't in the same place as me emotionally and wasn't being clear about what he wanted from me. Anyways, I stopped reaching out and distanced myself, but over the summer, he kept texting me and texting me and asking why I wasn't responding or why we weren't hanging out. 
I didn't give him a lot to go on, but I said I needed my own space, and for a while, he gave it to me. We go to the same college, and now that school's starting again, he is texting me again, and it's really fucking exhausting slash annoying, even though, luckily, I haven't run into him on campus. I don't want to be the girl that ghosts people, but I can't for the life of me figure out a way to kindly and firmly say that I don't want him in my life and to leave me alone. What do I do? So let's get into it. How to reject someone 101. Um, I think it's awesome that you are able to identify that this is not something that you want to pursue, either romantically or platonically. That's amazing. That's fantastic. Good for you for being able to sort that out. I also think it's great that you were able to notice the mixed signals and say, okay, the person that I'm looking for is not going to be giving me mixed signals. I'm over it. This is not it. That's great. But then you never really rejected him. You just sort of gave him the same mixed signals back in terms of half rejecting him, half not being like, I need, I need space. But you knew that space wasn't space. You knew that space was, I don't want anything to do with you. So he might've been giving you mixed messages, but it also seems like you were kind of giving mixed messages back instead of just saying, I'm not interested in you. So which happens sometimes. I mean, I think rejecting people is uncomfortable. And a lot of times we will avoid being direct with rejection because we think that that is better or it feels better for us because uh, we don't have to do the hard part of actually rejecting someone. But I think that the slow rejection is always worse than just like being direct to the point and um, being like, you know, just rip off the bandaid, just reject someone. If you're not interested, you're not interested. Like it doesn't have to be personal. Um, It's better not to waste each other's time and just like be honest about how you feel. So while I empathize that it is probably exhausting and annoying to have him texting you and trying to hit on you again. Um, I think it's fair to say that you have also given him mixed signals in return. So he might not get that. He might just think you're shy or busy or, you know, when you get mixed signals, you make justifications for those mixed signals in a lot of time. So he's probably doing that inside his own head. As much as it probably is exhausting and annoying, I don't know that he's really doing anything wrong here um, because you were not clear about the fact that you weren't interested in him. But that doesn't mean that there's not time to fix this. You can be clear about the way that you feel now. I always think that being clear with how you feel or how you don't feel is better than ghosting. I think ghosting is just mean. Um, And I think a lot of times we overcomplicate rejection inside our heads. We think that it's going to be way harder or way worse um, than it actually is. I don't think that it needs to be this big paragraph of like, I'm not interested because X, Y, Z and like explaining everything that you feel. You don't owe anyone that. I think a lot of times rejecting someone is just as simple as saying, Hey, I had a great time with you. I think you're a really sweet person, but I just don't feel a romantic connection with you. That's that. You don't need to explain yourself any further. If you don't feel it, you don't feel it. And I don't think that sending, you know, like a huge ass paragraph is helpful in situations like this um, because a lot of times it's not personal, you know, like you're probably going to be great to someone else. You're someone else's cup of tea. You're just not mine. Does not have to be some big, huge thing. You don't feel it. You don't feel it. Better just say it. I think a lot of times we overcomplicate it and we like don't want to say it. We don't know how to reject someone, but 
it, it really is as simple as just saying, I don't feel a connection with you. That is the truth. That is the truth of how you feel. It's way easier to just say the truth. The truth is that you don't feel it. So say that. And that's fine. And you're perfectly entitled to that. You don't have to say it to him in person. You can just shoot him a text and say, hey, um, I'm sorry I didn't say this to you sooner, but I just don't know if I see a connection between the two of us. I think you're a really nice guy. I wish you well. I hope you find what you're looking for. But yeah, I'm just, I'm not really personally feeling a connection here. Leave it at that. That's it. It's over. Rejecting someone is never comfortable. It's never something that feels good because we don't know how the other person is going to react. We don't know if they're going to be really angry or really upset and want to take that out on us or involve us in the processing of those emotions. Um, or if, you know, they'll just be fine. Like, thanks for letting me know. No hard feelings. Um, we don't know how it's going to go. Right. And that's part of why rejecting someone is so scary and feels so difficult because it's like, well, geez, um, I hope that he takes it well, but he might not. And, um, that's makes the whole process of rejecting someone scarier because you don't want to hurt someone's feelings most of the time. Um, but I think that honesty is always the best policy. I think that ghosting uh, hurts way more than just telling someone you're not interested in them, in my experience. Um, obviously, there are situations where ghosting someone is the safer choice. That is not what I'm referring to here. I'm talking about people who you're dating, who you've gone on dates with, you're seeing where things go. You've had an otherwise very neutral relationship or even positive with this person and you just want to offer them the basic decency and respect of communicating with them. Honesty is always the best policy. If you don't feel it, you don't feel it. There's nothing wrong with rejecting someone. There's nothing. We have all been rejected before. I've been rejected before. I have rejected other people before. And I think that most of the time we overcomplicate it and we make it a lot scarier in our heads than it actually is. Um... At the end of the day, I think it's best to just wear your heart on your sleeve, be super honest, and tell people as soon as you know that there's nothing there so that you don't waste each other's time and you don't feel more uncomfortable when they keep coming back around, you know, because it's really not their fault if they keep coming back around and keep hitting you up, keep texting you, if you have never told them that you're not interested. I get it. You hope that people can take a hint. But uh, a lot of people can't. It's better to just be direct. So I would honestly just text them and be like, hey, you're really sweet. I enjoyed going out with you earlier this summer. Um, I don't want to waste any more of your time, though. I don't really see a romantic connection with us. But I really hope you find what you're looking for and that you have a great time at school this fall or whatever the fuck. Doesn't matter. But just like, yeah, keep it short keep it sweet, say how you feel, keep it moving. Next question here is, have you ever felt like you can't get any quality time with your friends? Everyone is just too busy or they always want to bring their partner to join hangouts. Recently, I've been feeling kind of lonely and frustrated. I am a confident woman and never minded being a third wheel in social situations like tagging along with a friend and their partner. But recently, I'm feeling sad that we haven't had quality one-on-one -on -one friendship time. And when it comes to my single friends, being an adult sucks. Everyone has crazy work schedules, me too, and I don't see, and I don't see friends as often as I would like. 
Maddie, have any advice on how to shake this feeling of loneliness and frustration? I start to question if I am that happy being single or if I need to make more friends. What should I do? Yeah, it's hard being the single friend. This is coming from someone who is usually the only single friend. Um, Most all of my friends are in long-term relationships and have been for a long time, like I said, long-term. I'm usually the only friend who's single in like long stretches of time. I am not someone who usually has plans. Um, If I have plans, it's because I made them. It's not like I have like a go-to friend group where it's just like assumed that we're going to hang out every weekend. Most weekends I'm by myself. I spend most of my life by myself and I do enjoy being alone. So it, it doesn't bother me that much, but sometimes it does. Sometimes it does get to me. And, um, I think in the times that it does get to me, it's when it's a weekend and I wish that I had someone to rely on for plans, but I just don't, um, all of my friends are in relationships. It's it's like when you have that person that you just like, you don't even have to speak to each other to make plans. You just assume that you'll be together. Um, I've had friendships in the past where we've been like this, where we were both single and we did everything together. Um, old roommates of mine mostly because we lived together. So it was like we did everything together um, every weekend. Like if we had nothing to do, we were with each other. And even if we did have stuff to do, we would invite each other. And um, yeah, when you don't have someone like that in your life, may it be a partner or like a, a roommate or a best friend to do a bunch of shit with it, 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 it can feel lonely. For me, it doesn't necessarily feel like a partner thing. It's nice to have uh, just like a person that your life is very intertwined with my life really isn't intertwined with anybody's right now. Obviously I have a lot of friends that I see very frequently, but there's no one that I'm like super tied to. Our schedules are tied together. We see each other on like a loop every week. I guess the closest I have to that is I do trivia every Wednesday with my friends. But other than that, that's the only like every week regularly we're doing something like other than that like that's it so I I get you it is lonely sometimes to be the single friend because uh you are rarely prioritized everyone else has someone else that they prioritize more than you and so it can definitely feel lonely even if you have a ton of friends you are rarely someone's number one person um and that can be hard sometimes. <laughs> it absolutely can be hard. I've struggled with that up and down throughout like college and early to mid 20s. This has been like a recurring thought inside my brain. I do feel more comfortable with it now and more like content with my aloneness and just having my life sort of revolve around me and I run into other people's circles, but ultimately my circle is just me. And I'm kind of okay with that. Right now, I guess, I don't know how it is for you, but I don't see it as being like a loneliness that is a byproduct of being single. Um, I see it more as like a loneliness that comes from a byproduct of being like a very independent person and not having your schedule like interlinked with someone else's. Because 
I didn't, when my schedules were really linked with other people's and I saw them all the time because we just lived a similar life. Um, I didn't feel the way that I do now. Um, but also there were cons to being so interlinked with other people like that. So we all go through phases of our life where maybe our life is super connected with a roommate. We're in college. We're in the same classes as people. Like our lives are super connected with those people. It's just like a scheduling thing. And, um, you'll go through phases of your life where your schedule is not linked up to anyone else's schedule that you really are. If you're single while your life is not synced up to anyone else's, like you're going to feel lonely. And I don't, it doesn't feel like a byproduct of being single. It feels more like a byproduct of your schedule, your life not being linked up with someone else's. And I think I just always try to remind myself that like that is temporary and that we all go through phases of life where our schedules are unlinked and linked and friends will enter relationships that they'll be so consumed by and they'll sort of forget about you and put you on the back burner. But everyone comes back around. Everything is, you know, it's cyclical. And yeah, it sucks when most people you know are in relationships and uh, people sort of lose sight of prioritizing the other relationships in their lives. It happens to everyone though. So that's the thing is that I'm always just trying to remind myself that it's temporary, like like you hope that when your friends enter a relationship that they're not going to like fall off the face of the earth. But sometimes it happens, you know, and people are just excited about this new relationship. They sort of forget about nourishing their one-on-one friendships or every time you try to hang out, they're inviting their partner to come along. I fucking get it. It's irritating as shit. It pisses me off. But I just try to give people grace and compassion and be like, you know what? I'm cool being a third wheel for now, but I just try my best to remember that it's temporary give people grace and compassion to be a less attentive friend to be a less regular friend while they figure out this new balance of you know balancing a relationship and their friendships if you know you've been friends with someone for a long time they've been in a relationship for a long time and they're still not figuring out that balance I think it's fine to have conversations with people about being like okay I'm feeling a little neglected in our friendship um and I feel like since um, you started dating this person. I just haven't seen you as much. And I really just, I miss you. And I, I want to make more time for our friendship. And I hope that you want to make more time for our friendship too. Um, because I, I just, I miss you. I miss my friend. And I feel like I haven't gotten a lot of good quality one-on-one time with you. My advice to you is varied. It's, you know, if you feel like you need to have conversations with certain friends about feeling a little bit neglected in the friendship because it's been a while, that they have been neglecting the friendship and not doing great at balancing this relationship and your friendship. I think that's a worthwhile conversation. It's a conversation that I have had with friends before and it's always gone incredibly well because people never mean to, you know what I mean? It's always totally unintentional and your friends want you to feel loved and included and prioritized, but life is hard and sometimes people are bad at balancing things and they don't even realize it because they're like so sucked into their relationship And us single people get the brunt of it. (laughs) And the other part of my advice is to give people grace and be compassionate towards people while they're in those like transitional periods of their lives where maybe they're shitty at balancing friendship and a new relationship and give people time to figure it out and just know that everything will pass. Everything is just transitional and we'll go through periods of our life where our schedules are very intertwined with people, both friends and also partners um 
there will be times where we're in relationships and maybe we're the ones neglecting our other friends, our other single friends. So yeah, just know that everything is temporary. It'll pass. It's very cyclical. And we'll go through phases where we feel totally connected. Our schedules are intertwined with people. We're in relationships. We're not in relationships. Like there will be moments where you don't feel like this and moments where you do. And right now you're in a moment where you do. And I think all you can do during this time is um, just enjoy the time you get to spend with yourself. Enjoy this section of your life where your life and your schedule is only dependent on you and you get to, I mean, it's an amazing kind of freedom and independence to have a life that's totally yours and to be able to really do whatever the fuck you want. And obviously like hang out with friends, invite friends along for the journey. But for the most part, you're functioning in like your own circle and you're running into other people's circles every now and again, but you're enjoying your own life and building up, focusing on yourself for now. And I think that's great, you know, because we won't be in these periods forever. This isn't a forever thing, right? You're going to go in and out of these periods throughout your life. So enjoy it while you're here. Might as well. And obviously making more single friends, making more friends with people that are in similar phases of life than you is always good, though it is hard to tell. <laughs> like, uh, single people apply to be my friend here. It's like, you know, it, it goes in and out. People go in and out of being single. It's not like it's just like that way forever. So it's hard to make friends with people that are like totally in the same place as you are because who knows, in a week's time, they might not be. But could be worth putting some more time into the friends of yours that are single. Maybe, you know, these other friends are distracted with their relationships or boyfriends and you're feeling like you need one-on-one time. Like maybe this is a sign to pour your energy into this new friendship, this person who you're sort of an acquaintance with that you hung out with maybe once or twice. Um, This could be an opportunity to just branch out a little bit, make some new friends, meet some new people and um, widen up your circle. I'm just going to do one more because I just talked for a long time and I'm trying to make this episode kind of short because I've got a lot to fucking do before I go to Croatia. (laughs) So the last question I have here says, I have been on a long journey of finding self-love and self-worth and I finally come to a place where I feel happy and content and proud of the person that I have become. I think I'm great. My friends think I'm great, etc. But how do you reconcile with the idea that even then, when you believe you are an incredible catch and are deserving of love and want love, there aren't people externally that love you in return in terms of dating or romantic interest? I feel like I'm putting in the work to be open and authentic within the dating world to be a good partner for myself and others, but find it hard and discouraging when every man seems to be uninterested. For background knowledge, I am 21 years old and have never had a romantic partner or interaction with another man. My friends say I'm just a late bloomer and the person who is meant for you will find you one day, but I don't know how to navigate still wanting love now and not having any options because everyone I've ever been interested in hasn't liked me back. I think what I would say here is you have to make sure that when you are working on becoming your best self, you're working on your self-esteem, you're working on your communication skills, you're working on, you know, how you show up in relationships, processing all this shit, whatever, all of which is great. It's great internal work. Um, Just because you're doing that doesn't guarantee a relationship. And I don't think the goal of doing that internal work should ever be a relationship. It should just be to get to enjoy all of those beautiful, wonderful things as yourself, as you are to have 
higher self-esteem, to exist as someone who is a better communicator, who is able to show up in all of your relationships as, you know, a better, more present partner, friend, whoever. Um, I think that, um, there's also never going to come a time or place where we're all just like done. We're fully evolved into our best selves and everyone loves us and life is great. You know what I mean? Like working on yourself, doing like the internal work and healing and self-reflection that benefits you. The, the, the thing you get, the prize that you get out of that is being a better you, being happier, being able to give more in your relationships and your friendships. Yes, it will greatly benefit your relationships, being able to work on your communication skills and boundary setting, all of this. That's going to greatly benefit you when you do enter a partnership with someone. But just because you are working on those things and you are getting better at those things and you're growing and you're, you know, leaning into your best self, that doesn't guarantee a relationship. And I think that we are sort of selling ourselves short when we believe that if we, if we only change this about ourselves, then someone will love us. Um, I just don't think it works like that. The thing is, is that you're lovable always. You were lovable before you ever started working on those things. You're lovable in the process. You're lovable now. You'll be lovable down the road as you grow and change even more than you do right now. But you have always been lovable. I think a lot of times we trick ourselves into believing that if only I change this one thing about myself, if only I, if I get higher self-esteem and I become a better communicator and I do this, that, whatever, and I'm, then I'm fully optimized and then maybe someone will love me. Maybe then I'll feel wanted by someone. And we, we trick ourselves. We think that if only, if only we just do this one thing, then it'll all be better and I can have this dream relationship that I really want and, um, just like write off everything that hasn't worked in the past, all the times that people have been uninterested in me in the past as being like a product of my past self. They weren't interested because I wasn't as optimized as I am right now. You know, I, I didn't heal. I didn't, I, I wasn't working on my healing. I wasn't working on this, that, whatever. That's, that's why, but I'm, I'm, I'm good now. That's in the past and this is now. And now I've worked on X, Y, Z, where, where, where's the relationship? And I think this is really a common way of thinking. Um, but that's the thing is that you've been lovable all along, babe. There was no part of your life where you weren't lovable. Obviously doing the internal work, reflecting, doing all of that is great. It's fantastic. That's for you. That's for your heart. That's for you existing in your own mind, in your own body. That's for the benefit of you people around you will benefit from you doing the internal work as well. But at the end of the day, you've been lovable regardless. And I get that sometimes that's not a satisfying answer because you have not gotten the love that you wanted yet. And you know, I feel the same way. Um, and it is easy to be like, well, what is it? Why haven't I found someone? What else can I be doing? And a lot of the time we forget that a large amount of finding the right person for you is being in the right place at the right fucking time. Some part of it comes down to luck. You just haven't met the person yet. And I know that's not a satisfying answer because sometimes it doesn't feel satisfying to me either. But, but think about it. Like with the perspective you have now looking back on the things in your life that didn't work, doesn't it make sense why they didn't work? I look back on the people that I used to be interested in and I think, oh my God, thank God they didn't like me. 
thank God they were uninterested because what the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> like I look back now and I'm like, God, the universe really saved me with that one. Because at the time I so thought that was what I wanted. And then I got older and I have done a lot of reflection and inner searching, some soul searching has happened. And now I'm like, thank God that never happened. Because it might have been what I thought that I wanted, but fucking it was not what I needed. (laughs) But when we look back at our lives, it's easy to just feel like this looming wave of like everyone has been uninterested in me. Nobody has ever wanted me. And even if you're like in your head, like fucking thank God, I don't want them. And like looking back, it's a great thing that it didn't work out. They weren't shit either. But it's easy to feel like, oh my God, it's just, it's nobody never everyone's uninterested it does it feels like I get it fucking if anyone gets it it's me (laughs) I understand completely um but I think that sometimes at the end of the day like all we can do is enjoy our own presence enjoy our own company like nourish and love the relationships the friendships that we have in our life right now Um, give our time and energy to growing into our best selves. But at the end of the day, we've still got to be in the right place at the right time in order to meet the person that we're meant to be with. Just haven't met him yet. And that's okay. And that's not a reflection of you. Don't let the fact that it hasn't happened for you yet uh, convince you of something larger about your self-worth. You're 21. You know, I don't even like the idea of calling someone who's 21 a late bloomer. I don't like the idea of calling someone who's 25 a late bloomer. We're young as shit. It is wild that we like expect by the time we're 18 to have experienced all that. I think that's just like a, a young person mindset where when you're, when you're in the moment where you're like in high school, you're like, yeah, I have to do this by this age. Then you're in college. You're like, I have to do this by this age. Then you get a little older and you're like, what the fuck was I talking about? (laughs) We didn't have to do any of that shit. And at the end of the day, a lot of it comes down to luck. You, We can't control when we meet the people that we're meant to meet in this life. You know what I mean? And like, if you just haven't met them, you just haven't met them. And there have been moments in my life where I wanted people, that I wanted to explore things with people, but they didn't want to explore it with me. But at the end of the day, you didn't explore it. It could have been nothing. You don't even know if you like that person. And I feel like I'm talking to myself right now because this is the same conversation that I have inside my head every once in a while. (laughs) I totally understand having moments where you feel like it's hard to reconcile. Like, I think I'm such a catch. So why doesn't anyone else think that I'm a catch? But it's not that other people don't think you're a catch. It's just that you haven't met the right match for you yet. And listen, having high standards for yourself does make it harder to date. So blame it on that at the end of the day. It's a good thing though. And please just remember that you've been lovable from the start and there's nothing that you have to change about yourself that will magically all of a sudden make your dream person show up at your doorstep. Any of the internal work that you're doing should just be to benefit you and your heart. And obviously like people will come into your life and the internal work that you do will benefit those relationships. But at the end of the day, there's nothing we can do that will magically make them show up at our doorstep. A lot of it is just being in the right place at the right time. Haven't met him yet. I know that sometimes that's an unsatisfactory answer, but that is the goddamn truth. So I'm right there with you, though. I get it. It's not easy. Um, 
All right, I've been recording for a long time, so I'm going to go and edit this podcast because I've got things to do. So I love you guys so much. (laughs) Thank you so much for watching. If you want to submit any questions, advice, requests, again, the link is down in the description of the YouTube video or in the link tree in the Emotionally Online pod Instagram account. So go do that if you want me to answer some questions on the show. Shows to come. Um, Again, as a reminder, no episode next week. So I'll see you in two weeks. Love you so much. See you later. Bye.